So hang with us on Facebook Live. Um, you're going to actually um, get to see the interview and how we do it. Perfect. Everybody, Nikki Burnett here, Taste Life Nutrition, Functional Nutritionist. I'm just super stoked about this show. This is going to be so much fun. Um, so I have with me here Matt Rowe. Um, if you have seen me at all on Facebook Live, Matt and I have a show on Facebook Live, 4 o'clock on Thursdays, Mountain Standard Time. It's called Real Raw Health. Um, and we talk human nutrition, dog nutrition, um, and you both have this crazy need to get the word out that dogs need real food. Kibble is dangerous. Kibble is deadly. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. We have a whole crazy amount of stuff we're going to talk about, so I'm super excited. First thing, though, I want to talk about is I want to start the show with some gratitude and why I am grateful for all of the things that are in my life right now. Um, something that I started is I think it's important to start the show with gratitude. And so for me, um, I'm just super grateful for people like Matt, people who believe in educating, in sharing, in giving, in, um, uh, in creating this place where we're all you know trying to be healthy and loving on each other and just just you know creating this good world with good food <laughs> yeah isn't that the point yeah. <laughs> it's the point so is there something that you're grateful for because i know you have a lot to be grateful for um well <laughs> first i'm going to do the classic thing which is yeah. yeah i'm just super grateful for my family and the whole bit but this opportunity to help dogs we just had somebody um Email me last night from Singapore, and he has three dogs, and he goes, um, I have no idea what's wrong. Do you test in Singapore? And of course we do. We test globally. Yep. And so something I'm really grateful for is the amount of people that are now reaching out to us because they are incredible pet parents, and they really want to make this huge difference for their animals. And so this is what I love. I love this movement of feeding dogs the way they were meant to be fed, yeah. like us. It's, yeah, so I can't be uh, more grateful for the way that we are waking up as a society. Yeah. yeah. It's beautiful. It really is a beautiful thing. And um, it's fun to kind of, to, to watch it. And, you know, we're in, in the middle of it and we're just kind of watching it as it moves. And you can sometimes just sit back and go, okay, things are, <laughs> things are really starting to make a change. And it's a lot of fun. And I would say with that's yeah. with both human nutrition, animal nutrition, and an understanding is, you know, what I say a lot is taking it back to basics. You know, mm -hmm. we don't need these complicated labeled things we call food with all kinds of stuff in them that we don't know how to uh, to pronounce. We just need food, vegetables, <laughs> fruit, little yeah. meat, little fat. I mean, it's not a difficult thing, but we've made it incredibly difficult. Right. And I think with our animals, maybe even more difficult because we're totally duped by the fact that you know, the, the, the big food companies know the nutritional standards for dogs. Um, and I want to get more into this here in a little bit. We're going to talk about, you know, some of the changes that, that have mm -hmm. been made as far as the nutritional standards. Um, but my, my point is we, we want so badly to take the best care that we can for our animals. And so we're leaving it up to those who are really just trying to make money. And so we need to just take a step back, educate ourselves, learn from those like Matt who knew, who know what really good healthy nutrition is and the difference humans and animals. Um, but first thing that I want to 
do before we start digging into the fun juicy science and stuff and really talking about what dogs need um i want to i want matt to talk a little bit about who he is why he does what he does where he comes from he has his own journey that he's dealt with and it was it's been this um beautiful journey difficult as it is for many um but that has also led him to where he is now in um pet nutrition so well, Talk about you. Uh, I don't know, Side. I'm super grateful for you. Thank you for having me on the show. This is awesome. So, um, yeah, this goes back to um, around 2013. Um, I got a really bad leg injury, and the way they treated it was with antibiotics. And on my third um, month of antibiotics, and they kept upping the levels of antibiotics because they were afraid my injury was going to get septic, which is the blood was going to be basically become toxic because it was an open wound. So after three months, um, on the last round of antibiotics that they had treated me with, I started to experience 25 to 30 stroke-like symptoms a day, and they were called TIAs. How uh, amazing is that? I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is just insane that you're sober. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I was kind of happy. That one scared the crap out yeah. of me. You know, yeah. and I've paralyzed my leg. I've done some stupid stuff in my life. But, you know, at some level, it was really on that side that I was looking at temporary ischemic attacks, as that's what TIAs um, stand for. And so really with it, every time I stood up from a chair, the right side of my body would paralyze for 7 to 10 seconds. And I kept working. I kept going through it, and I kept trying to heal it. And I went and saw a neurologist, and they had no idea what was happening to me. And so they prescribed me a statin medication. And so this was my whole journey of really digging deeper into our medical system and what happens. They prescribe drugs. They want to treat the symptom. They want, the, they want to help the patient feel better to get their old life back. But because of that, it didn't make me any better. So they ended up getting the strokes down to two to three a day. And as I explained to my neurologist, um, more than one a day is too many. Mm -hmm. So I really wanted to get it down to where I'd healed it. So I started to really just logically think about it because I'm sitting there going, all right, got to take it into my own hands. And as Nikki knows, you take your health care into your own hands and you take a look at it and I'm like, okay, so they gave me antibiotics. What was it killing? It was killing the bacteria inside of my body. Good and bad. The good and bad. <laughs> and something as I studied it, the good bacteria in your body not only feeds your brain, but it's actually setting up a lot of your biological processes, and it's the forgotten organ. Your gut microbiome that is, is your forgotten or organ, and it outnumbers your cells 100 to 1. There's more bacteria in my body than there are cells in my body. We are, we're, we're bug carriers. We're <laughs> bug messes is all we are. Philosophically, we're just bacteria <laughs> sitting here. Yeah. And so I went on a regimen for the next 30 days to replace my gut microbiome, and it worked. So that was like 30 the days. You can make a difference in just a couple of days if you're mindful. And I got them all to go away. And so and really it put, it put me on a path and a journey. But then I noticed some health things that weren't right. I was dizzy and I, was, I was, didn't get strokes, but just wasn't the same. So um, I went into 2017 and um, very stressful job. I was you know, not taking care of myself at all. 
And I went in and got an MRI, and they diagnosed me with multiple sclerosis. Now, at the time, they said that I had primary progressive multiple sclerosis and that I would be in a wheelchair in seven months and possibly dead in two years. So along that entire process and everything I learned from having the TIAs and the stroke, I mean, that goes into the universe never gives you anything you're not prepared for. Mm -hmm. And so this really set the stage. So I avoided the medication that they wanted to put me on, and I went on a journey of reversing it with and controlling it with a good diet and really starting to take a look at what I ate and put into my body and then the light bulb clicked. I'm sitting there with my dogs one day and going, what's in your food? And I started <laughs> to read the bag and I'm like, this is disgusting. Like this is really bad. And then I followed that thread a little bit more and then be being in the pet industry, I um, met with a vet and who is now our vet on staff, Dr. Lori Kozier. And so, and when I met with her, she tells me that 50% of dogs over the age of 10 will die of cancer. And I'm like, nope, not anymore. I'm like, we've got to do something. This is wrong that we are not giving the ones that we love, the dogs that we love, that lower our stress and make us feel better. That is really just, they are the antithesis of joy in my house mm -hmm. they're always excited they and they're always <laughs> yeah they always want to give you love <laughs> so um i ended up starting a company called parsley pet and what parsley pet does is we do hair tissue mineral analysis testing on dogs i don't know about you but it makes me totally giddy <laughs> 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 like, i'm like functional testing for dogs this is what i've been waiting for for as long as i've been practicing the data <laughs> that we were seeing coming mm -hmm. out of it I mean, you're seeing, I mean, we were testing dogs with kibble. We were testing dogs fed a raw diet. And somewhat during this journey, and it didn't take long, let's say maybe an hour, that when you looked at the test and you're like, yes, I'm feeding all my dogs raw from now on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you start to study <laughs> like how they, you know. And when you look at a dog, a dog is less than a percent away from wolves. So when you look at human beings, we're 10% away from chimpanzees genetically. Dogs are less than 1% away from wolves. And the last thing I know is that a wolf wasn't in the kitchen mixing up food. It was, it <laughs> killed an animal. And so, and in my journey, I'm like, okay, how do I do it? How do I feed raw? And I ended up becoming um, <laughs> pet nutrition certified and also a raw feeding specialist and started to take a look at this. And one of my mentors early on looked at me and says, Matt, it's really easy. Your dog is wild. It catches a rabbit in the field. It eats that rabbit. And I was like, uh-huh, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> and she and she tells me in these standpoints, she goes, what's in a rabbit? Bone, organ, muscle meat, fur, you know, I mean, everything with the rabbit. And so, and then the dog basically eats, you know, your wild dog or a wolf eats what it's meant to eat and what it wants to eat in that. and you know, and they've studied, you know, different animal cultures. I mean, you take a look at bears during the salmon runs. They only eat the organs out of the fish they catch when salmon run is at top peak. I had no idea. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's so interesting. They only want the fat. They want as much uh -huh. as they can yeah. so they can hibernate throughout the winter. Mm -hmm. Well, your dog, if it was wild, so they started to study wolves in Yellowstone when they reintroduced mm -hmm. them. A wolf will eat the entrails first, so that's the tripe, and that's um, like the intestines. Right. 
And so when you see that, I mean, it's called it's called tripe. And if you do buy tripe, only buy green tripe. Don't buy tripe from the grocery store. Yeah. If it's white with bleach, it is that chemical vinegar. So it must be green or spinach because it is. Oh God, it's terrible. (laughs) It is really (laughs) terrible. (laughs) Like it is so bad. <laughs> I was gonna bring in tripe today to oh, like no. give it, and I was like, "No, nah, I'll save them on that one." <laughs> they, Molly doesn't need to have tripe. So when you start to study this, skunks really um, they don't need carbohydrates because um, at that level, so they do have witnessed wolves eating raspberries and blueberries off of bushes, which is fine. It's an antioxidant, and it's a fiber that's um, that they are basically consuming to help their digestion. They've also witnessed dogs eating pumpkins. And so all of this type kale. of... Kale. Mine eat kale. Kale, yeah. <laughs> and as long as you break that mm-hmm. kale down and start the digestion process for mm-hmm. them, then they can digest it. Right. Then they right. can go through. Because a dog's stomach, you know, we have, what, like 700 miles of intestines. This is my, you know, my <laughs> yeah. lack of knowledge on the human right, side. Right, yeah. Right, right. Dogs, very short digestive right. tract. So I want to dig into digestion a little bit. Um, so we're going to dig into to digestion, um, how he feeds raw. Um, you know, I'm happy to give how I feed raw. It's obviously very similar. Um, but I want to talk about digestion a little bit because as I moved, you know, he's super deep into raw feeding and dogs, whereas my specialty really is human nutrition. And, and human nutrition, um, although I'll t- I have my master's degrees in animal science, so it's a little bit of both. Microbes, uh, pathogenic microbes, um, you know, not enough sleep. You can name, you know, a whole host of them. Um, And we've talked about these before. But as I'm as I'm getting deeper and deeper and talking to people about their dogs, I'm getting my dog's belly is rumbling. Um, They go outside and throw up. Um, You know, I'm trying to feed. I'm feeding my dog all of these high quality foods, which are all in bag and they're all. And I think also, you know, early on when we're young as humans and when animals are young as whatever they are, whatever animal they are, they have the ability to uh, to handle some of the stuff that's thrown at them. As we all age, mm-hmm. things start to break down and disease creeps up and these symptoms creep up. And it's all from something. Pain's not natural. Um, throwing up all the time is not natural. Inflammation is not natural. These are not normal parts of our lifestyle our bodies trying to talk to us so we need to learn to listen to our own bodies but need to learn how to recognize um, what our dogs are telling us as well because it's unfortunate that they can't speak to us <laughs> um, I wish they could um, but what I'm seeing has maybe beneficial early on in, in as you're, you're switching foods or even if you switch foods and it's still not working for you is included digestive enzymes digestive enzymes are really important and when animals go when they kill in the wild we were talking about them going after the tripe and the cotton mm-hmm. to get in that's where they get their enzymes it's from the animal it's where they get their probiotics is from the animal that they're that they're consuming um they're not getting that from us 
so sometimes they need that support and they need a digestive enzyme. Sometimes they need multiple digestive enzymes just to help to create that balance or, you know, help their body to start to produce it on its own anyway. Um, so as you, if you've watched before, there's a company that I really appreciate called Zymogen. Um, you can go to wholeshift.com and you can order any of their Zymogen products. But um, they're a great company, and one of the products that I like of theirs, um, and I, I use other supplement companies, but I appreciate them because they have the data to back up their supplements. And you can't get them anywhere. You have to get them through practitioners because they don't want the quality of their product to plummet. We talked about you know, getting things on, on Amazon. It's not the product that it says it is. It's really scary out there in the world of supplements. So this is a company that I trust and I appreciate. Um, but you want to, for, for a dog, you want something high in protease and high in lipase. So those are to help break down proteins and fats. Um, and so this is, a, although this is a human enzyme, it's an enzyme, right? So you could, there are certain, um, there are certain supplements, there are actually a lot of supplements that I'll use that are human supplements that I use for my dog. My mm -hmm. fish oil is a human fish oil. My, you right. know, my enzymes, my probiotics need to be. So, um, and about that later but this is a great product and I appreciate it and I love it and the company and this can really help with digestion if your dog's having some issues this might be a place to start along with transitioning them to a raw diet because kibble is not doing your dogs any favors something that we were talking about um, before we came in to start the show we were talking about this exact um, discussion mm -hmm. we, we just did we just discussed stuff for days um, <laughs> but we were talking about a lot of times what we're told if our dog is having digestive issues feed it cooked chicken and rice because it sounds basic and it sounds easy on the belly but what data is showing that that's the case because for one it's not the case dogs aren't going to eat rice as mm -hmm. matt pointed out rice is high in arsenic and this is for humans as well if you're eating rice, you have to be super careful about where you're getting the rice. Most of it comes from South Texas, most in where they had they they was they sprayed their crops. It was this oil um, based spray. So I can't remember exactly what the story is, but anyway, mm -hmm. it's high in arsenic and it's still there. This is years ago and it's still there. And this is where they're growing rice. So you have to be super careful about rice. I don't eat it that much. I don't really think we need it that much. But that's beside the point. Um, but understanding, you know, what a dog, what a healthy dog needs as far as nutrition is concerned um, and feeding, right? Um, and then what maybe a dog who is having some digestive issues might actually need um, to help with those digestive issues. So mm -hmm. I would love to learn a, bit, a little bit about, I mean, I already know, but how you <laughs> feed. <laughs> I want everyone here to know how Matt feeds his dogs um, and then, you know, I'd like to get into a little bit about you know the company and what you test for and mm -hmm. how you guide people into learning oh so this is what my dog actually needs i don't have to sit here and guess mm -hmm. this is what my dog needs right it's awesome stuff okay cool yeah um so yeah you brought up a great point so yes rice and oftentimes what i think at some point is we humanize our dog's diet we think what's the good for us personality and, and yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> in all of it and so because we want to make sense of how a dog is actually responding to certain stimulus and you know and the different foods that we feed him so we kind of think well we should 
cook that chicken because I would want to have cooked chicken. Who, raw chicken who would wants kill to eat me. Raw chicken? Right. <laughs> so your dog does. So in something is when you look at it, your dog is a scavenger. So that's why your dog, when you take him for a walk, and let's say on that walk there's goose poop on the bike path. The best thing. And your dog eats it. And you're like, oh, my God, that's disgusting. No, 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 really? Yes, A, it's disgusting for us. For your dog, it's like, give me another one of those treats. And so <laughs> it's really taking a look at it because what is that goose eating? That goose is eating grass, allowing it to process through their stomach, and then your dog then can eat that grass. It's already broken down. Exactly, because that enzyme, you start to bring up the enzymes. Dogs do not have the enzymes to break down vegetable matter in their stomach. So we have to start that process for them if we decide to feed them vegetables. But really, when I feed Leo, so I have two dogs. I have Leo and Mr. Chacha. One's a 60-pound Catahoula, and the other one is a very angry Chihuahua that I love. And so... <laughs> they are, and they're so protective. If you want to be protected, get a chihuahua. So, um, so in that, with both of them, I started to take a look at and said, okay, what is really required in their diet? So what I do is I feed a mix of 10%. So really, I measure out their food. So they both get 2.5% of their ideal body weight. I'll say that again, 2.5% of their ideal body weight. So what Leo being a, I need him to be at 60 pounds is a healthy weight for Leo. So he gets a pound and a half of food per day. Then I split that poundage up. And so every, he gets half of it in the morning and half of it in the evening. And what that comprises of is 10% tripe, green tripe, not store-bought white tripe. And so you can get it from multiple raw feeders that are out there. You can go to the pet store and they probably have a raw tripe version it um would literally be green just you know it's literally green yeah because i mean you look at a cow a cow is a ruminant what a ruminant is is they eat grass matter they're a herbivore mm -hmm. and they eat grass matter and they have three chamber stomachs mm -hmm. so it is processing through all those chambers and it's going through their intestine and what you're eating then is the what your dog is eating <laughs> is the intestine i will after you smell it you will it'll be <laughs> i'm sorry it, your dog <laughs> loves it but it is God, it is terrible. <laughs> and so, um, it's true love when you feed your dog tripe. Yeah, but yeah, that is true. <laughs> Very well said. And so, then what I'll do is um, I um, buy from a local company here in town, Colorado Raw Dog. And what they'll do is they do a blend and they do it for all of their customers. And it's a blend of 80% muscle meat, which is where your dog is going to get its phosphorus, is a mineral your dog needs. Um, you're, and then it's got 10% organ, which is going to get your dog's going to get the iron from the organ and 10% bone. And that is one of the ingredients. Bone is one of the ingredients that I think most raw feeders that are just starting out forget, but your dog needs to eat bone. They must have it. It's a really, really dense mineral content and they need to have those minerals. And so on that, I have mm -hmm. a question for you because yeah. in my learning and education, um, I know that one of the things that you can do, if it's just impossible for you to get bone or ground bone, uh, okay, two thoughts on that. Yeah. Be careful with bone that you buy that is a powdered bone meal that you buy because a lot of times it's bleached and it's full of fluoride. Mm -hmm. um, so be very, very careful if you want to just go buy bone meal 
get it from representative sources because that's in the process, you know, the phone, that's what they do. Um, second thing is there is the, the thought, and, and lots of them say, that you can also use eggshells. Eggshells, you can dry it, you, you want to keep the, the, um, that lininess in it, that, mm -hmm. you know, because it's got um, like collagen molecule or different factors that are not in the shell. But dry it and give it to the dog, or I will just take it and crumble it up and put it in my food. My understanding, though, is that the, the mineral content of eggshell and bone are very different. And so yeah. what they, so they need, actually, the better source is going to be bone, mm -hmm. but you can do eggshell. It's just not optimal. Right. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay, yeah. And so, and you can also take bone and buy a femur bone, not a chicken bone, because they'll splinter. And the reason that splintering chicken bones and why eating that rabbit in the field is fine is because they're, they're basically eating fur and all everything with the rabbit as they eat the ends of the bone off. So the splintering of that bone doesn't have an, as large of an impact because it's impacted in all the fur. So if you're going to feed just straight bone, go like a femur bone. Go like a cow bone, and they sell them frozen and just get a raw one. Do not have it processed. Um, you really want to feed them the straight bone with the marrow and everything and throw it in the backyard and have them just chew on the ends of that. And, they, and it cleans their teeth. And then also at the same point, they are getting fragments of bone when they do eat that. So if you think that your dog is deficient in calcium, then at some point, then you can start to um, add some things. And I love, we actually just put a recipe out on Facebook for making an eggshell powder. I saw that. Yeah. Yep. And yep. it does. It works. And, and so, and some things that you'll see if your dog is deficient in calcium is you're going to see neurological disorders because really calcium is really at that point starts to build that hemoglobin and starts to drive the actual uh, neurological function of the heart. And so what happens is, is the body to remain in homeostasis, which is ultimate health, for all of us, we have a homeostatic mm -hmm. level that we need to maintain. Well, so does your dog. So what you'll, the dog will do if it doesn't have enough calcium in its diet, it'll start to rob calcium from the bone because the dog is more interested in staying alive and keeping the heart functioning than it is for its bones to be strong. So really when you look at that, you're robbing, parts of, you're robbing that calcium content from part of its um, bone and other organs that are non-life you know, sustaining right. type of right. process. Yeah. So really when you're looking at that, so then I feed him and they call it a, a praying model raw bl blend. You'll probably see it as PMR. And it is the easiest thing. I, it's actually easier than when um, I killed my first dog with kibble. And that's mm -hmm. a whole nother story. Um, and really in that, it's as easy as doing that. So what I do is I pre-make up, I have a scale, it costs me 14 bucks for a kitchen scale. And then I, I basically weigh out the exact ounces of food I need to give them. And I take, and it comes in a two pound tube and it looks like a tube of ground beef is the best way to put it. Mm -hmm. And I know it's got all those levels in it. I trust my supplier. I trust how they're sourcing the food. I trust where the meat is coming from because that's another big part of this. So in that, I thaw it out, weigh it out, put it in a plastic container, and I only use those plastic containers for raw food, and I put it in the fridge. And then when I feed it, I dump that container out in their bowl, and it's raw. 
I mean, this is something that at some level you might say at some point, no, 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 we have to cook it a little bit. Remember the humanizing thing I was mm -hmm. talking about? We humanize on that side of thinking that we need to cook their food. We don't need to cook their food. They have a very, uh, dogs have a very acidic stomach with a pH level of anywhere from 1.8 to 2. So it's such an acidic environment that really any pathogen that enters their stomach gets killed because your dog is a carnivore and also your dog is a scavenger. They're wild. They're running around. They're they finding food clues. They pick up all clues. the crazy stuff. <laughs> I mean, they eat things off the ground. I'm like, I'm not sure that was intended. <laughs> that was, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know if <laughs> I would have eaten that at all. So, and there's this big debate over, let's just take crabgrass, like our newly formed grass in your backyard, and your dog goes out and it looks like a cow chewing it all in the backyard. Well, what it's trying to do is it's actually trying to get enough fiber in its belly to break down something that is upsetting their stomach. So that's not bad. So you had talked about an upset stomach with kibble, and you look at that, yeah, I mean, most, uh, the way that Avco stands, so Avco is the big. Oh, this is huge. This is such a big one. It's the big body. So there were uh, a body um, called the NRC that back in the 30s and 50s, right, right when kibble started to take a stronghold after World War II, um, the NRC came out and said, okay, let's make sure we are putting the right diet together for dogs. And so then AVCO came in, AAFCO came in and said, nope, we want to be the governing body in regards to pet food. Well, AVCO is typically run by Nestle. Nestle owns Purina. So <laughs> you have all these big kibble company oh. companies that are now driving the mandate of what is actually in dog food today. And Always they have- know what money is touching your bank oh, account. Follow the money. Mm -hmm. that's, that's really it. That's, I mean, you know it from the human side. Just follow the money. Yeah. Where, who, who makes the money out of it mm -hmm. on a high level? And you'll find out if your food is actually nice. And so when they looked at that, um, Avco came in. And so as of recently, they've actually lowered the protein requirement in kibble down to 19%. And in some, uh, I think it's at 19 and maybe down. Yeah, 19 is where it's at right now. So um, and then what you're seeing inside kibble is a carbohydrate content that can be up to 55 to 60% of your dog's diet. Now, as far as I know, your dog never chased an ear of corn across the field. <laughs> it didn't, you know, work in your garden and plant that plant and then waited for it to grow. It'll dig just so I can plant the seed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It digs on it. And yeah, it wants to eat the seed or eat the soil because in that soil is like bacteria and minerals that right, it should be right. eating. And so really, when you're looking at all of that, your dog does not require carbohydrates. And so, and also when kibble gets made, it is so cooked down that there's nothing in the kibble. It is dead. It's sick. You're basically feeding it, the, like, I don't want to say you're feeding it cardboard because it's not cardboard, but- It's worse. It's so it's <laughs> cooked down that like there's nothing in it. It is really just a fibrous product at the end of it. It is not food. So if you're, mm -hmm. if you're feeding the most organic, best kibble there is, like I said earlier, you paid $500 or $200 for five pounds of ag, whatever. If it's kibble, it's a carcinogen, mm -hmm. period. Yep. 
because they have, they have to cook it. Mm-hmm. In order to actually sit on your the shelf for a year to two year mm-hmm. period, yeah, they have to kill everything in it. Like seven hundred degrees or something like that. Yeah. I, it's like crazy. Yeah, yeah. So in there, that's a whole nother story about mm-hmm. what happens with ethanol production. Yes. And the corn byproduct that oh. comes off of it, in order to, for them to make it non toxic, they heat it up to 700 degrees and it becomes ash, and then they can put it in dog food. Mm-hmm. Makes perfect so sense. Does it? I mean, this is what we want to do. We have byproducts, so let's just put it in dog food. So, in that, is now we're supplying all of these synthetic nutrients and supplements into dog food in order to make the APCO standard. And with that as well, you'll see stuff like um, probiotics get added to dog food. Do you think they're alive? No, they're dead. <laughs> like, I, it's a dry food. Sitting, if it was really alive, you'd open up that bag and you'd hear it yeah. come off of it. Yeah. Yeah, because it was it basically pop. gassing uh-huh. off and, uh-huh. you know, it was growing. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. It, it doesn't work like that. So really, when we, when we start to feed kibble, we're feeding a synthetic vitamin or mineral and that synthetic vitamin mineral is not bioavailable it does not absorb into the dog's body at Mm -hmm. all and that's what i want to test yeah yeah and so that's a great segue because that's what he does test so in his hair tissue mineral analysis he's looking at um the nutrient density of the animal but also looking at heavy metals yes right Mm -hmm. um and so i want to do your quick story on um the dog hide Boron. Boron. Yeah. Um, and then I think we need to do a quick snack. Yeah. Yeah. Let's and then we have a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Does that sound okay? <laughs> Sounds great. Okay, cool. So okay. tell your Boron story. So this is a great. So there's an incredible raw feeder out of Seattle. Her name is Kim Gutier. And Kim, I'm sorry if you're there and I mispronounced your name. You can beat me when I come to your conference um, <laughs> you know, in April. So really, when we do that. So uh, Kim, we tested her dog, Rodrigo, and Rodrigo was itching really bad. I mean, and she couldn't really. She was trying to find why he was itching. She was feeding a raw diet, was doing everything correctly. So we tested Rodrigo, and we noticed his boron level, which is a mineral we all have, was through the roof. It was two times the dangerous level. So we, our vet on staff, took a look at it and said, oh, my gosh, this isn't right. This is why Rodrigo is itching. And then it dawned on us. We're like, wait a second. What did she wash her bowls in? And she was washing her her bowls in Dawn dish soap. Now, Dawn dish soap is not bad. It just has the highest level of borax in the industry. And... No matter how much she rinsed it, there was still a trace level of boron on the bowl. And as far as I know, I don't lick my plate, but what, like once a week? <laughs> so, I mean, your dog's licking it twice a Sometimes day. Sometimes you just have to do it. <laughs> it's just the way it is. Like, don't judge it. Like, yeah. Uh, there's no shame in regards to doing that one. So, um, so really with that, in one thing that we noticed is um, – when we you know, went to Kim and said, hey, just stop washing the bowls. Just spray them, rinse them out, spray them with vinegar to make sure there's no pathogens in it. And after two weeks of doing that, Rodrigo stopped itching. Because really what happens is, is our chemical imbalance, I mean, we're trying, our bodies are remaining in that homeostatic level and we wanna remain healthy and we don't wanna be sick. And so at some point, 
your body, when it has a mineral that is out of balance, either too much or too little, then at that point, what happens is, is your body starts to, you know, create an inflammation to try to fight whatever mm-hmm. is in there. That's why, you know, you'll see with overabundance of minerals, your dog will drink more water. Um, it will stop eating, but with some minerals, it'll stop eating, but it drinks more water so it can urinate more because it knows it can urinate out that, it, that excess mineral inside of mm-hmm. its body. Mm-hmm. And it's just trying to get rid of it because your dog is super smart. There's a reason why they've been on this planet for thousands of years, and it's because they are really smart on knowing how to feed themselves. And so this is something that uh, Nikki and I talked about right at the beginning um, when we had met each other, and she was asking me how I feed, and and it was taught to me by my mentor, I don't make a casserole for both of my dogs. I don't just blend everything together and then not give them the choice. So what I'll do is I will actually split out the trice and the PMR raw blend. And then I usually feed like pumpkin or me and some raw goat milk in their diet every day as well to get some of them enzymes and some of those probiotics going in. And one day I noticed that Mr. Cha-Cha did not eat his pumpkin. Always ate it. No issue. Mm -hmm. Didn't eat it. And I called my mentor and I'm like, Casey, why won't Chacha eat his pumpkin? She goes, he doesn't need it. And she goes, at that they point, know that they're getting home. they know. They know when they're getting mm-hmm. too much home. They, they can mm-hmm. feel it in themselves. The issue that they have is they can't tell us. Yeah. They can't talk to us and say, hey, ease up on the uh, tripe there, Dad. Yeah. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're killing mm-hmm. me on yeah, that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think that's, that's really wonderful. And I actually went out and bought new bowls. Um, they're not plastic bowls. Um, But I bought new bowls that are wide. Uh Um, They have a kind of a lip on them, and they're they're wide. So I can lay everything out and see, you know, when I feed egg or the shell or some fish. You know, Mm -hmm. I can mix it up. It's important to mix up the food. They should not have the same thing all the time. They're out in the wild. They're not always going to eat rabbit. They're going to mix. They're going to eat whatever they can find. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Um, So, but, you know, which doesn't make it more difficult. You just – I just feed basically what I have in the kitchen, right? Um, and so it's easy enough to do. Um, but point to that is uh, I don't mix – I used to mix it up, and I don't mix any of it up now. I just give them – and I, it's just so much fun to watch mm-hmm. them um, eat. And they usually eat everything, but, um, you know, sometimes you'll watch them pick around and then they'll mm-hmm. go through it. So it's, it's, it's intuitive, and it's really a beautiful thing to watch. Yeah. Have you noticed um, there when you started feeding raw, did there – Coats get softer. Yeah. Isn't oh my that goodness. Awesome? Yeah. My puppy yeah. who came in, she had the roughest coat I'd ever yeah. experienced. Like, where did this come from? You know, it's mm-hmm. really soft. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's pretty amazing. The, and yeah, I noticed it with Leo. He doesn't mm-hmm. shed as much. Yeah. His coat is softer, and his teeth. Like, usually though, you'll see dogs start to get the brown on their yeah. teeth. Mm-hmm. That black. Being mm-hmm. a six-year-old Catahoula, I've never oh taken gosh. him to the vet for dental work. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 Our, our new guest in. Cool. That sounds good. Okay. So, yeah, I'm going to um, – today we have um, Molly that is going to join us. Molly is cute as hell. If you want to adopt a dog, man, I I might flunk. Should we – Should we We should probably do this and let Molly and Ashley make it. 
Oh, she can do it while she's doing it. Yeah. So what I'm going to make for Molly is I'm going to make her a snack. And so what I do if I have to give either of my puppies a midday snack, if and it's really all for me, not for them, mm -hmm. um, what I'll do is I'll do pumpkin and goat milk and blend it together. Alexa? And Sorry. No, no, no. Definitely. Yeah. Alexa and Molly, <laughs> come on in. So um, <laughs> for all my Facebook Live viewers, uh, I have a container of raw goat milk. And uh, I'll show you. Yeah, oh. yeah. Let me show you guys Molly real quick. Come around the studio. And Molly. So that's Matt's Facebook Live. And then so up here, Alexa, is the camera. It should be wide enough, I believe, but we might want to keep you a little bit. So Alexa um, is from Max Fund. And this is a no-kill local shelter. Um, and this is Molly. I'm going to let Alexa talk a little bit about her. But she is so sweet. And her story just breaks my heart a little Thank bit. You. Um, so if you want to, um, I'm sorry, I totally interrupted you. Let's no, let them talk a little bit. Talking. And then you do your snack. And then we'll start talking about other stuff. This yeah. is all by the seat of our pants. <laughs> it is. And so it's we, fun. It's we, fun. Yeah. we got a lot of fun equipment in here, too. So um, I'm going to put the camera on Molly because um, she's a heck of a lot cuter than I. So. Absolutely. All right, so this is Molly. She is an 11-year-old Australian Shepherd Labrie. Um, she is gray. She's still gray, actually. She's only 11 years old. Um, you kind of see it in her teeth, and she's got a little bit of hip pain when she sits down. But she, she's a, a yeah. terrier. Yeah, she is. Yay! <laughs> Here's Molly. <laughs> she is having a hard time sitting. That's what's happening. Yeah. So she was actually relinquished to us by her previous owners. Um, she just didn't get along with the other dog in the house, which is really sad to hear. I don't know why people don't like family dogs or don't like the same. I don't know. They're actually strays, so they would never change with her when she right. moved in. Yeah. Um, didn't make it any progress, but she is an absolute sweetheart. She loves everyone. She comes across. She's very kind to all kinds of people, even kids. Sometimes they just don't like kids since they're old dogs sure. and they're cute. Yeah, but she yeah. is very, very flexible with a lot of different people. Yeah. Yeah. Good girl. <laughs> so Molly needs a home. How long has she been at Max Fun? She's about three weeks. Not three super weeks. long. Okay. But she's not not three. But we know that it is more difficult for you <laughs> <laughs> to um, adopt out the older dogs. And mm. really she needs, we, we pray that she's got another good 10 years on her. Especially if you get her somewhere, who's going to feed her a raw diet? Um, <laughs> but she needs somewhere to go where she can enjoy and live out her years and not be afraid of being given up. Because mm -hmm. it's just heartbreaking that that has happened. Mm -hmm. um, so, is there anything else you want to talk about with Molly before we give her a snack? Nothing specific for me. Okay, <laughs> cool. So, Molly is on the Max Fund website. I also have it posted. Um, they have it posted on Max Fund as well. Okay. Matt has made his snack. So, I totally interrupted you if you want to come talk about no, your snack. No, you did not. Molly. I wanted to talk about Molly. So, <laughs> nobody talked about her. So, uh, real quick for everybody that's watching, this is oh, <laughs> four ounces <laughs> of raw goat milk. And you can get this at any pet store. So, it's in the frozen section. Usually, typically, it comes frozen. And you want to make sure that that goat milk is raw because yeah, really raw. you 
don't want it homogenized because then that's going to pull the bacteria out of it, the good sure. bacteria. Yeah. And the enzymes that, you know, mm-hmm. and so what we're going to do is when we feed this Somalia today, we're going to feed it this organic pumpkin that just comes straight from the can. Um, and that pumpkin's been cooked down. And so really what's going to happen is, is that that pumpkin is going to be very digestible for Molly. And I'm going to base how much I feed Molly based on her weight. Mm-hmm. So a dog between 0 and 10 pounds should get one teaspoon. And then really when a dog starts to get in Molly's, what, about 25 pounds? I think she's about 30. 30. 30. Yeah, Little right. chunkier than she is. <laughs> <laughs> we can work on that. Yeah. And so what I really then can do at that point is I want to feed her one tablespoon of pumpkin a day and then feed her basically four ounces of goat milk per day. Mm-hmm. And so what I did in the bowl is I just gave her two ounces of goat milk mm-hmm. and some pumpkin, and mm-hmm. we'll see if she likes it. What do you eat, Molly? You want to give it a try? Most dogs mm-hmm. do not um, turn their nose up on raw. Maybe. You want to try it or you want to come down? Let's do it on the grill. <laughs> this is what like I do I'm to not humor him. That's the fun part about raw is um, raw, your dog, you're feeding your dog just an awesome. (laughs) So something that I also learned from Matt that that people may or may not agree with, but I'm going to tell you, if you're in the fermenting world, you're going to love this. Um, And this is something that's thousands of years old. But this goat milk, you can take it. You don't have to put it in the refrigerator. You can leave it out on the counter, and it will get smelly. Not as smelly as tripe, but it will get smelly um, because it's fermenting. And it's a sour smell. It's a sour milk smell. But the fermentation, that's when the probiotics and the enzymes are really going to start to build. And the dogs love it. Okay? So if you, you know, I sometimes, if I don't have the goat milk that's fermenting, I'll give them probiotics because I think that that's important too. Um, But, you know, we want to feed food. Just like with humans, we really would, it's preferable to just eat so, having the goat milk, letting it sit on the counter for a couple of days. Actually, we'll put it in a jar, um, the bag, and then when it gets low, I'll just add another one and add another one, and it just sits out for several days and just does its thing. And mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a wonderful treat for them. And it's healthy. It's healthy for yeah. them to feed them. And that is absolutely. I'm glad you said that because mm-hmm. you actually um, a guy that we know and he's an incredible mm-hmm. food formulator. His name is Billy Oakham, at Answers Pet Food. And so um, they are a, they're big into fermentation and the entire process. But Billy at a conference um, says, I leave my goat milk um, out on the counter until my wife finally tells me I can't do it anymore. <laughs> because he goes, it starts to smell. He goes, now, I cannot say that to do this, but really it's on that side of the comfort level. But I'm with Nikki is at that point is I will allow my goat milk to ferment is I want that bacteria to grow mm. and get that goat milk that's chunky and stinky and, and all of that stuff. And yummy. so, and what you'll notice is, is if your dog does have an upset stomach, it will start to regulate the stomach digestion with a good enzymatic level. So with that type of stuff, so um, Molly um, just finished her entire snack. There's nothing <laughs> left, and I would expect <laughs> nothing less. So... Um, so, gosh, she is awesome. She is. Yeah. She's really sweet. 
So I want to, we have a few minutes left. Um, I know we're, we're crowded in here. We're making things a little bit difficult. Um, but I think that there are some, oh, I wish we were here to do it. <laughs> Some little leftovers on our list. I want to get in a little bit to adopting what our environment or adoption environment looks like right now, which is another topic that, that Matt and I were discussing um, a little while ago. Uh, because it's really, a, it's the most amazing thing to have dogs to adopt, and it's terrible that we have to have dogs to adopt, but we, you know, I think we all believe that grooming is not ideal, and to go get a dog that's adopted. We can give pure breeds at adoption rescues mm -hmm. as well, right? Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, the mutts, I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> They're awesome. And so we have some really good-hearted people who are working to, um, I think, do the right thing when it comes to the dogs, but so often the right things can go wrong. And it's it's a little bit heartbreaking. And so, Matt, um, since you have a good good uh, grasp of what this looks like, I would like for you to kind of take over and, and talk a little bit about that. Yeah, uh, we, we kind of got introduced to this when we got our Chihuahua. My Chachacha is... Mm -hmm. He actually came from, it was a year after, <laughs> thank you for pushing me over. Um, it was, <laughs> oh, wonderful, thank you. Um, it was a year after the movie Beverly Hills Chihuahua came out and they saw an influx of Chihuahua breeding. And so that then at that point, it increased the amount that were in rescues. So when you see a new television show come out or a new movie come out, and there's a dog in that show, and the show is about that dog, what you'll see is you'll see breed rates go up for that animal, whether it be a Siberian Husky, a Chihuahua, whatever breed it is that is being, you know, as the movie star at that time, you'll get individuals to say, I want that dog. And so then the market feeds that by breeding more of that breed of dog. But what happens is, is they don't come from reputable breeders, and then a lot of those dogs end up in a shelter. And a lot of those dogs end up at Max Fund. And they need to get adopted out. And it's really quite sad that um, there's that heavy wanting to breed a purebred when there's such an abundance of incredible dogs that are sitting in shelters that need to be adopted. And so really, you know, take a look at why you're buying that specific breed. And, um, Something that concerned us as well is when we saw that they, in Colorado, is it state of Colorado or is it nationwide that they're giving away free adoptions? I think it's nationwide. Nationwide. So nationwide they're going to do free adoptions and they're trying to get more dogs out of shelters, which is great. But with all of that, there are extremes with that. You're going to have the ideal family, two kids, three kids, husband, wife, and all that good relationship, and then they bring a dog into their family and how wonderful it is. And then on the other flip side, there are stories and reports of um, people that are not reputable um, to the degree if they're abusing the animal or they're just getting an animal to get an animal and they're really not looking at the care and that it's a family member. And so now you're seeing more abused dogs there are more dogs being getting, um, rescued at shelters that go to be abused. And that's why Max Fund does such an incredible job on really making sure that that doesn't happen. Whether it's free or not free, it is really on that side of a really good, reputable um, 
you know, adoption agency or adoption um, facility that really takes a look at should we be pairing this animal with this person? And is it, are they going to look at the better health of the animal? And so that's something that I really am always concerned with if they're giving anything away free for a pet. shelters which you know some of these shelters it's best for the kid to not have to put their dogs in so yes please take the dogs because you know you'd, you'd rather somebody have them than not that Maxon doesn't do that but many 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 do all of mine came from multiple kid shelters mm-hmm. um and so you know it's a it's kind of a you know a double-edged sword there it's a it's a nasty choice but you know what do you do um and so it's it's something I think be aware of when we have, you know, these big hearts kind of, you know, you know, going out and paying for everybody's uh, fees, adoption fees, just be really aware, um, you know, educate yourself, um, and, and if I can be abrupt, checkmate, you know, do you really want the dog, or do you want to, if you just get them to live free, I'm going to take that one, you know, I mean, so, uh, you know, they, they have, they have feelings, they are not humans, but they uh, they work on energy just like we do. Um, they feel, they smell, they sense, they understand, they know good, they know bad. Mm-hmm. Watch their tail. They know good, tails up. They know bad, tails down, and they keep you out. You know, I'm, I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm, we're kind of getting to a point where uh, we need to start wrapping up, but I would like for the two of you, real quick, if there's anything else you want to say about Maxon, um, I'd like for you to say that, and then we talk a little, you know, for a minute or two, and then I will wrap it up. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. So Maxon is very easy to overcome with the behavior assessment module, hunting, moving, friendly, gender orientation, social orientation, which are all technically profiles, and mm-hmm. we do have a genetic identification-based, so if it's not adoptable for any reason they might give, they just may be we take in all those animals that other shelters wouldn't get. Um, like I say mom was somebody to go to a different shelter. She was probably the reason that pet even happened and she's not in the best health and somebody might not want her dog. Well, we choose the best. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, we can. Just just a um, but we do a lot of mobile work and we do a lot of shelters and we do a lot of spays and neuters and we do a lot of things to better the animals that don't necessarily get a second chance in adoption. I just picked up two chihuahuas from the airport yesterday, and a couple of our volunteers had actually transported them from New Mexico. So they flew with the dogs, they took everything just so we could take them mm-hmm. and get one dog in a wheelchair and get one dog with them so they could get animated and all the training mm-hmm. medication and everything that they need to be healthy for that because it's just happened to take them from mm-hmm. not not a lot of insights to that. And I look back and I'm like, dang it. And I really, we really take a lot of pride in that. Go, Maxon! <laughs> Go, Molly! <laughs> Yes, you will not be disappointed. No, yeah, not yeah. at all. Give them freedom. Okay, so Matt, um, a minute to to kind of follow up and talk about talk to pet. Well, and you are. Yeah, I'm going to come right back into camera. Mm-hmm, yep, yep. <laughs> Thank you for uh, making sure this. Um, <laughs> yeah, at Parsley Pet, we are in the education business. Is we realize, yes, we test dogs, their mineral levels to make sure that their diet is is ideal for their health because just like humans 
every dog is different. One dog may need a different diet than another. And so we want to make sure those diets get dialed in. But one thing that we realized throughout this entire journey is that our mission is to educate. So I hold regular events uh, at least once a week, either online or in person. And this next one I have coming up is next Thursday at 6 p.m., uh, Essential Nutrition for a Healthier Dog. You can go to our Facebook page and uh, register there. You can um, go to our website and register on our website. So on all of that is that's something that we want to do. We want to empower pet parents so they're making the best decisions possible for their dog. And this is a it's a Zoom like webinar. It is that right. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you any anybody from anywhere in the world can jump on to this webinar and learn about the the new Zoom. Um, they spend so much time educating us in the room, so it's just a great place to start. Well, thank you. <laughs> we love. I like partner with the best. <laughs> <laughs> and that's something we look at is that you know when we test a dog. The data that we get out of it is so eye-opening, not only for us, but also the pet parents. And we've had pet parents come back and say, I never knew. And, you know, dogs we test that have heavy metals or something that happens as a result of it. And it's such an empowering, incredible journey that we get to take with all these incredible pet parents that want to have their dog live a happier, healthier life. Because dogs, as Nikki and I have talked about, should live to be 20 to 25 years of age. And it's because of the food that we feed them is that they end life early or they have they fall into that terrible statistic that 50% of dogs over the age of 10 will die of cancer. So we're really on that mission to change that. So incredible dogs like Molly yeah. can live an awesome long life. to tasteblacknutrition.com. So um, I am a human functional nutritionist, but I do have a serious passion for dogs and helping to promote um, raw feeding and teaching pet parents how to feed their dogs real raw foods that are locally imported. Um, So as far as humans are concerned, I work with all kinds of different um, conditions we've talked about, the GI, autoimmune, fertility, um, hormonal imbalances, things like that. So um, if you go to Taste Black Nutrition, it's all spelled out there. You can go to the Facebook page. You can also go to my website. I have a, an assessment on the website. Um, ah. it's, it's, well, <laughs> hi, Molly. <laughs> it's a free assessment that you can fill out, you can take, um, and, you know, give me kind of an indication of things that, that need to be work, work on and what we might need to do. And so once that is filled out, it comes straight to me, and I will contact you. So um, I, you don't have to be in Denver. You can be anywhere. Um, and, you know, we'll talk about what um, might need to change or, or stay the same. And then, you know, if there's a, if there's a chance for the necessity to work together. Um, beyond that, let's see. I have a newsletter. Um, Matt and I do Facebook Live 4 o'clock every Thursday. So today. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talk about real raw health. We talk about dogs. We talk about humans. Um, we do discussions there today. So, but it's really fun because it's always a different topic and we have a really good time with that. Um, lastly, I have a cool new little business that I'm doing called Numberbox. Um, it is used to be monthly, it's now every other month, but it's a box of really cool, all natural, healthy products, whether it's kitchen products or body products um, that are safe, they're sustainable, um, they take care of the body, they take care of the earth. 
And there are some companies, there are smaller companies who are there to make a difference but need to get their, their products out there. So that's what this is. It's $47 a month. You get $100 worth of products you can try. And if you want to con continue to try them, then so you do. Then you can go buy them off of their, uh, the website. So um, that's all we have. Thank you so much, Matt and Alexa mm -hmm. and Molly. <laughs> She's amazing. I really hope that this gets to somebody that can give her a really good hand for a little bit. Um, and we will see you right here in two weeks. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Like damn, that's hot.